Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to talk about a Washington update on China tariffs and Canadian aluminum. Thanks, Miles. I noticed this was all over our corporate listserv, so what is up? We have two somewhat related issues for our podcast today, Carly. The WTO ruled that the United States tariffs on China that we imposed on Chinese goods back in 2018 is one item, and also there's news about the threatened reimposition of tariffs on aluminum from Canada that the administration announced in August. I mean, the ink wasn't even dry on the USMCA, which went into effect on July 1st. I don't really know how to respond. The fact that we're just now finding these tariffs to be illegal two years later just amazes me. The issue about the tariffs is confusing. I mean, the tariffs were punitive because of unfair trading practices from China, right? And then the Canadian aluminum tariffs, those were just wrong. I mean, even the U.S. aluminum company said the tariffs were a bad idea, and supposedly they are the ones the tariffs would protect. Welcome to the twisted world of government affairs <laughs> and U.S. trade policy, Carly. I'm an engineer, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay. Well, thank you for the welcome. But what does the WTO decision mean for our shops? Well, first, I think we should explain that the decision is non-binding. The government is still collecting those tariffs under Section 301, even though technically this decision would permit China to issue retaliatory tariffs on the U.S., they are not able to do this because of the lack of a quorum at WTO. So this decision, for the time being, lacks any teeth. So it's a non-issue. Well, I hate to mix metaphors on you, but it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat in a strange twist of legality and parliamentary quantum mechanics. It both is and it isn't an issue. Let me explain. Please. When you look at this decision, it actually paints China in a bad light. They had retaliated on the U.S. prior to this decision. Also, this decision can be appealed. But since there's no quorum at the WTO, there's really no one to appeal to. We expect that the U.S. will file an appeal, but there's no one to hear it. Thus, Schrodinger's cat. Uh-huh. So did this decision find that the U.S. claims of intellectual property theft and such were valid, or did they throw them out? That's a great question, Carly. According to U.S. Trade Ambassador Robert Lighthizer, and this is a quote, the WTO is completely inadequate to stop China's harmful technology practices. The panel, that's the WTO panel, did not dispute the extensive evidence submitted by the U.S., of intellectual property theft by China, and this, this decision shows that the WTO provides no remedy for such misconduct. So really, it is a formality. The Schrodinger cat is now a barking dog, if you will, but apparently one with no teeth. 
Okay, all right, I hear you about the barking dog, but what should our members take from this? Well, first, the WTO did not dismiss the U.S. claims about theft of intellectual property practices that are harmful to the U.S. interests and technology transfer. So if these claims are valid, the need to address them is also valid, even if this administration failed to address them in a proper legal way. The second point of this, back in January, the president signed a deal, I think they called it the phase one deal, that was said to be about $80 billion in pledged purchases from China. This WTO finding does not negate that phase one deal. Our team in Washington, the Franklin Partnership, advised us that China has purchased about $40 billion from us so far, and the majority of that, $27 billion, was in manufactured goods. Their opinion was that the COVID crisis was what had reduced the Chinese purchases of U.S. goods under this phase one deal. That makes perfect sense. Well, if there's sense to be made, we'll get it from the team at Franklin Partnership. They really are on top of the issues coming out of our nation's capital. They help us ensure that our members have the latest and best information on the issues that are affecting their businesses. Better together. All right, so if that's it for the WTO in China, what's the story on the Canadian aluminum tariffs? This is almost Dickensian with the timing and everything. It's sad to say a perfect 2020 story. Oh, I'm not liking that setup. So tell us the story. Last month, the administration proclaimed that they were going to reimpose tariffs on some aluminum from Canada because of what were seen as substantial import increases through May that, quote, exceeded the volume of any full calendar year in the previous decade exceeded a full calendar year in the first five months? That sounds excessive. I agree, but it's always about the details. When the U.S. trade representative looked further, they said that trade in non-alloyed, unwrought aluminum is likely to normalize in the last four months of 2020, with imports declining sharply from the surges experienced early in the year. The agency said that in a statement they released on September 15th. Average monthly imports are expected to decline 50% from the monthly average that was established in the period from January through July. Accordingly, the United States will modify the terms of this 10% tariff imposed in August on imports of Canadian non-alloyed unwrought aluminum. Dickens couldn't spell it better himself. <laughs> this statement was, like I said, released September 15th. You said that the U.S. aluminum industry was against this tariff? I did. I'm not sure how the administration managed to reverse this, but frankly, we're glad they did, as is the U.S. aluminum industry. I suspect the administration blinked. The day that this was announced was the same day that Canada had scheduled to announce their list of products for retaliatory tariffs from the U.S., products that would contain, inevitably, steel and aluminum. Products containing steel and aluminum like autos and light trucks? 
Bingo. That's exactly the way I'd bet. You know that I really want to get to the part of this that adds the most value to our members. What I call the... Yes, what you call the so what. Hey, that's my line. Yes, it is. And it's important. It's critical. And it's what the members are listening for. Here's what I think is your so what. The way this all reads, the statement that average monthly imports are expected to decline 50% from the monthly average in the period of January through July. The officials expect imports of the products in question will not exceed 83,000 tons this month, 70,000 tons in October, 83,000 tons in November. You get the picture. United States will resume duty-free treatment of non-allowed, unwrought aluminum retrospective to September 1st, 2020. Yes, that's good, right? Well, to me, it smacks of establishing a quota system. Remember the detail there, 70,000 tons, 83,000 tons, expected to decline 50% from the average monthly, the monthly average. A quota, in my mind, is even worse than a tariff from our members' business point of view. If you need the material, you can pay the doggone tariff. Under a quota system, once the material that fills the quota has been imported, that's it. The faucet has been turned off. This is beginning to look to me like a very slippery slope into quota land for our critical aluminum and steel raw materials. Here's the proof. The USTR statement said six weeks after the end of any month during this period, the United States will determine whether actual shipments met expectations. If actual shipments met expectations, that's like the perfect definition of a quota. Charles Dickens would surely agree. And that wraps up today's discussion about Washington Update, China tariffs, and Canadian aluminum. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit our newly updated website, pmpa.org. Yes, thank you for joining us. Please rate and review the podcast. And if you want to make your life a little easier, you can subscribe to our podcast so you never miss one. Oh, and by the way, we just got picked up by Amazon Podcasts. So thanks to all of you, our listeners, who are helping us to spread our message to help our members adapt and thrive. Speaking of adapting and thriving, if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out all that we have been providing our members. Check us out at pmpa.org to see what we have to offer and what has helped our members make a difference. Why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.